Unless otherwise indicated, all scripture quotations are taken from the Holy Bible. New Living Translation, copyright 1996-2004-2015 by Tyndale House Foundation. Used by permission of Tyndale House Publishers, Carol Stream, Illinois 60188. All rights reserved. Well, hello there. Welcome to April 13th. My name is Bill, and this is Bible in a Year with Bill. Today, we have the pleasure of reading the word in my truck on a break at work. So the sound quality won't be as good today, and I apologize in advance for that. But you know what? We are doing what we are meant to do, and that's get into the Word of God. Today, we're going to be reading 1 Samuel chapter 14. We're going to jump over to 1 Chronicles and continue with the lists of names in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Then we're going to finish off today's reading with the final chapter of 2 Corinthians chapter 13. So let's get right into it. 1 Samuel chapter 14. One day Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. Meanwhile, Saul and his 600 men were camped on the outskirts of Gibeah around the pomegranate tree at Migron. Among Saul's men was Ahijah the priest who was wearing the ephod, the priestly vest. Ahijah was the son of Ichabod's brother Ahitub, son of Phinehas, son of Eli, the priest of the Lord who had served at Shiloh. No one realized that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp. To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs that were called Bozes and Seneh. The cliff on the north was in front of Michmash, and the one on the south was in front of Geba. Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor-bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. Do what you think is best, the armor-bearer replied. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. All right, then, Jonathan told him. We will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are or we'll kill you, then we will stop and not go up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. When the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, Come on up here and we'll teach you a lesson. Come on, climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both hands and feet, and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed those who came behind them. They killed some twenty men in all, and their bodies were scattered over about half an acre. Suddenly, panic broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and raiding parties. And just then an earthquake struck, and everyone was terrified. Saul's lookouts in Gibeah of Benjamin saw a strange sight. The vast army of Philistines began to melt away in every direction. Call the roll and find out who's missing, Saul ordered. And when they checked, they found that Jonathan and his armor-bearer were gone. Then Saul shouted to Ahijah, Bring the ephod here! For at that time Ahijah was wearing the ephod in front of the Israelites. But while Saul was talking to the priest, the confusion in the Philistine camp grew louder and louder. So Saul said to the priest, Never mind, let's get going. Then Saul and all his men rushed out to the battle and found the Philistines killing each other. There was terrible confusion everywhere. Even the Hebrews who had previously gone to the Philistine army revolted and joined in with Saul, Jonathan, and the rest of the Israelites. Likewise, the men of Israel who were hiding in the hill country of Ephraim joined the chase when they saw the Philistines running away. 
So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle continued to rage even beyond Beth-Avon. Now the men of Israel were pressed to exhaustion that day because Saul had placed them under an oath, saying, Let a curse fall on anyone who eats before evening, before I have full revenge on my enemies. So no one ate anything all day, even though they had all found honeycomb on the ground in the forest. They didn't dare touch the honey because they all feared the oath they had taken. But Jonathan had not heard his father's command, and he dipped the end of his stick into a piece of honeycomb and ate the honey. After he had eaten it, he felt refreshed. But one of the men saw him and said, Your father made the army take a strict oath that anyone who eats food today will be cursed. That is why everyone is weary and faint. My father has made trouble for us all, Jonathan exclaimed. A command like that only hurts us. See how refreshed I am now that I have eaten this little bit of honey. If the men had been allowed to eat freely from the food they found among our enemies, think how many more Philistines we could have killed. They chased and killed the Philistines all day from Michmash to Aijalon, growing more and more faint. That evening they rushed for the battle plunder and butchered the sheep, goats, cattle, and calves, but they ate them without draining the blood. Someone reported to Saul, Look, the men are sinning against the Lord by eating meat that still has blood in it. That is very wrong, Saul said. Find a large stone and roll it over here. Then go out among the troops and tell them, Bring the cattle, sheep, and goats here to me. Kill them here and drain the blood before you eat them. Do not sin against the Lord by eating meat with the blood still in it. So that night all the troops brought their animals and slaughtered them there. Then Saul built an altar to the Lord. It was the first of the altars he built to the Lord. Then Saul said, Let's chase the Philistines all night and plunder them until sunrise. Let's destroy every last one of them. His men replied, We'll do whatever you think is best. But the priest said, Let's ask God first. So Saul asked God, Should we go after the Philistines? Will you help us defeat them? But God made no reply that day. Then Saul said to the leader, Something's wrong. I want all my army commanders to come here. We must find out what sin was committed today. I vow by the name of the Lord who rescued Israel that the sinner will surely die, even if it is my own son Jonathan. But no one would tell him what the trouble was. Then Saul said, Jonathan and I will stand over here, and all of you stand over there. And the people responded to Saul, Whatever you think is best. Then Saul prayed, O Lord God of Israel, please show us who is guilty and who is innocent. Then they cast sacred lots, and Jonathan and Saul were chosen as the guilty ones, and the people were declared innocent. Then Saul said, Now cast lots again and choose between me and Jonathan. And Jonathan was shown to be the guilty one. Tell me what you have done, Saul demanded of Jonathan. I tasted a little honey, Jonathan admitted. It was only a little bit on the end of my stick. Does that deserve death? Yes, Jonathan, Saul said, you must die. May God strike me and even kill me if you do not die for this. But the people broke in and said to Saul, Jonathan has won this great victory for Israel. Should he die? Far from it. As surely as the Lord lives, not one hair on his head will be touched. For God helped him do a great deed today. So the people rescued Jonathan, and he was not put to death. Then Saul called back the army from chasing the Philistines, and the Philistines returned home. Now when Saul had secured his grasp on Israel's throne, he fought against his enemies in every direction, against Moab, Ammon, Edom, the kings of Zobah, and the Philistines, and wherever he turned, he was victorious. He performed great deeds and conquered the Amalekites, saving Israel from all those who had plundered them. Saul's sons included Jonathan, Ishbosheth, and Malkishua. 
He also had two daughters, Merab, who was older, and Michal. Saul's wife was Ahinoam, the daughter of Ahimaaz. The commander of Saul's army was Abner, the son of Saul's uncle Ner. Saul's father, Kish, and Abner's father, Ner, were both sons of Abiel. The Israelites fought constantly with the Philistines throughout Saul's lifetime, so whenever Saul observed a young man who was brave and strong, he drafted him into his army. 1 Chronicles chapter 4 The descendants of Judah were Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Hur, and Shobal. Shobal's son Reaiah was the father of Jahath. Jahath was the father of Ahumai and Lahad. These were the families of the Zorathites. The descendants of Etam were Jezreel, Ishma, Idbash, their sister Hazalelponi, Penuel, the father of Gedor, and Ezer, the father of Hushah. These were the descendants of Hur, the firstborn of Ephrathah, the ancestor of Bethlehem. Ashur, the father of Tekoa, had two wives named Helah and Nearah. Nearah gave birth to Ahuzam, Hefer, Temeni, and Heahashtari. Helah gave birth to Zerath, Izhar, Ithnan, and Koz, who became the ancestor of Anub, Zobiha, and, the, and all the families of Aharhel, son of Harum. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth has been, had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Kelub, the brother of Shuha, was the father of Mahir. Mahir was the father of Eshton. Eshton was the father of Beth Rapha, Pasia, and Tehina. Tehina was the father of Ir Nahash. These were the descendants of Rekah. The sons of Kenaz were Othniel and Saraiah. Othniel's sons were Hathath and Mionathai. Mionathai was the father of Ophrah. Saraiah was the father of Joab, the founder of the Valley of Craftsmen, so called because they were craftsmen. The sons of Caleb, son of Jephunneh, were Iru, Elah, and Naam. The son of Elah was Kenaz. The sons of Jehalalel were Ziph, Ziphah, Tereah, and Asarel. The sons of Ezra were Jether, Mered, Ephr, and Jalon. One of Mered's wives became the mother of Miriam, Shammai, and Ishbah, the father of Eshtemoah. He married a woman from Judah who became the mother of Jared, the father of Gedor, Hebor, the father of Soko, and Jekutiel, the father of Zenoah. Mered also married Bithia, a daughter of Pharaoh, and she bore him children. Hodiah's wife was the sister of Nahum. One of her sons was the father of Kila, the Garmite, and another was the father of Eshtemoah, the Maacathite. The sons of Shimon were Amnon, Rena, Ben-Hanan, and Telon. The descendants of Ishi were Zoheth and, and Ben-Zoheth. Shelah was one of Judah's sons. The descendants of Shelah were Ur, the father of Lekah, Leada, the father of Merishah, the families of linen workers at Beth Ashbiah, Jokim, the men of Koziba, and Joash and Saraf, who ruled over Moab and Jashubi Lehem. These names all come from ancient records. They were the pottery makers who lived in Netaim and Gadara. They lived there and worked for the king. The sons of Simeon were Jemuel, Jamin, Jarib, Zohar, and Shaul. The descendants of Shaul were Shalom, Mibsam, and Mishma. The descendants of Mishma were Hamuel, Zakur, and Shimei. Shimei had sixteen sons and six daughters, but none of his brothers had large families. So Simeon's tribe never grew as large as the tribe of Judah. 
They lived in Beersheba, Molada, Hazershual, Bilha, Ezem, Tolad, Bethuel, Horma, Ziklag, Beth Markaboth, Hazar Suzim, and Beth Beri, and Shearaim. These towns were under their control until the time of King David. Their descendants also lived in Etam, Ain, Rimon, Tolkien, and Ashan, five towns and their surrounding villages as far away as Baalath. This was their territory, and these names are listed in their genealogical records. Other descendants of Simeon included Meshobab, Jamlek, Josha, son of Amaziah, Joel, Jehu, son of Joshabiah, son of Seraiah, son of Asiel, Elioniai, Jacobah, Jeshohiah, Azahiah, Adiel, Jesimiel, Benaiah, and Ziza, son of Shifi, son of Alon, son of Jedaiah, son of Shimri, son of Shemaiah. These were the names of some of the leaders of Simeon's wealthy clans. Their families grew, and they traveled to the region of Gerar, in the east part of the valley, seeking pasture land for their flocks. They found lush pastures there, and the land was spacious, quiet, and peaceful. Some of Ham's descendants had been living in that region, but during the reign of King Hezekiah of Judah, these leaders of Simeon invaded the region and completely destroyed the homes of the descendants of Ham and the Munites. No trace of them remains today. They killed everyone who lived there and took the land for themselves because they wanted its good pasture land for their flocks. Five hundred of these invaders from the tribe of Simeon went to Mount Seir, led by Pelatiah, Neariah, Rephaiah, and Uziel, all sons of Ishi. They destroyed the few Amalekites who had survived, and they have lived there ever since. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 This is the third time I am coming to visit you, and as the scriptures say, the facts of every case must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. I have already warned those who had been sinning when I was there on my second visit. Now I again warn them and all others, just as I did before, that next time I will not spare them. I will give you all the proof you want that Christ speaks through me. Christ is not weak when he deals with you. He is powerful among you. Although he was crucified in weakness, he now lives by the power of God. We too are weak, just as Christ was, but when we deal with you, we will be alive with him and will have God's power. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. As you test yourselves, I hope you will recognize that we have not failed the test of apostolic authority. We pray to God that you will not do what is wrong by refusing our correction. I hope we won't need to demonstrate our authority when we arrive. Do the right thing before we come, even if that makes it look like we have failed to demonstrate our authority. For we cannot oppose the truth, but must always stand for the truth. We are glad to seem weak if it helps show that you are actually strong. We pray that you will become mature. I am writing this to you before I come, hoping that I won't need to deal severely with you when I do come. For I want to use the authority the Lord has given me to strengthen you, not to tear you down. Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. All of God's people here send you their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless, 
the reading of your word today. Thank you for your word. You know, the chronicles of the Israelites can be very interesting. Lists and lists of names. And then in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, all of, us, all of a sudden a man named Jabez comes up. There is no mention of whose brother he is or who his father is, just that he was the man who prayed to God, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted Jabez his request, followed by many more lists after lists of names. This prayer of Jabez was obviously important enough to stop the chronological record to make mention of it. I remember a book a few years ago called The Prayer of Jabez that promised rich blessings from the Father if you daily prayed a prayer similar to Jabez's prayer. I wonder if that simple prayer changed many lives. You know what? I'm going to pray that simple prayer over each of us. Oh, Father, that you would bless each one of us and expand our territory. Please be with us in all that we do and keep us from all trouble and pain. In the powerful, wonderful name of your Son, Jesus. Thanks for joining me here today on Bible in a Year with Bill. I hope to see you tomorrow. Take care now.